Welcome, friend. We are so glad you've joined us to listen in as ordinary people share their extraordinary stories of how one man changed their lives forever. No two stories are the same, yet it's our hope that you'll relate enough to want to meet the same man all our listeners have met. Listen as my friends tell me about a man that gave them hope and love beyond their wildest imaginations. Jacqueline Drake, welcome to the Tell Me About a Man podcast. How are you this morning? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. We have a mutual friend and she said that we needed to meet and we needed to chat. And here we are. We chatted uh, earlier this week and I just felt like your story needed to be on uh, Tell Me About a Man and shared. And so um, pushed you a little bit out of your comfort zone, I think. A little bit. (laughs) I always like to start the show with a few icebreakers. If you could have dinner with any historical figure, who would it be and why? I knew you were going to ask me this one, and I have no answer for this other than Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the easy answer. It really is. It really is. But I'm not I'm not big on celebrities and all that. So I, I really, can we have another question? <laughs> yes, you can. You can. What is something on your bucket list? More travel, and there are several places, but like Niagara Falls, um, some of the national parks, just just doing more travel is kind of my big thing on my bucket list. International, like would you want to go, are you more focused on staying here or like going more international? Well, if I want my husband to go, then definitely within the States. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah, he's not a big flying over the ocean person. And so, yeah, mostly the States. There's lots of places that we haven't been yet. I was going to say, there is plenty to keep you busy for a lifetime here in America, for sure. Okay, and then the question that everybody loves, um, cake or chips and salsa? Chips and salsa. Okay, so you're a savory, salty person. Yes. Good. We can stay friends. (laughs) Both, really, but. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay, so let's just jump into your story. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, life growing up um, really before Jesus. Like, did, is there life before Jesus? And what did that look like? Your childhood and all of those types of things. Hmm, I really don't remember a life before Jesus. Okay, that's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in church when I was young. Um, I remember being in the nursery with my grandma like that far back. And everybody called her grandma because I called her grandma. So she became the the church grandma. Um, And I went to church um, pretty regularly. There was a season that we kind of got out for a little while. And then I went back in um, junior high years. And that's really when I um, accepted Jesus and was baptized and all that. And you know, there's been ups and downs from then on, but I really don't remember life without Jesus. Was there ever like, so if you were saved as a teenager, preteen kind of age, was there ever a time when you um, were out of fellowship with God? Like, have you always just, has it always just been this like super disciplined, super strict and amazing relationship where you're fully surrendered with Christ? Oh, no. You know, we all go through those teenage years where we're, we 
back away or pull away, however you want to say it, and get involved in things we shouldn't and make bad decisions and really need to repent a lot. And so, (laughs) yeah, I would say there was, you know, those years. And then after I got married, just really rededicated my life. And um, from then on, I've been doing my best to serve him where I can. Nice. Speaking about getting married. So you and your husband have known each other since when? Since eighth grade. Um, We went to school together for one semester and he moved away due to his dad's job. That's why they moved there. That's why they moved away. And um, I gave him my address when he moved away. We weren't boyfriend and girlfriend in school. We talked, but that was it. And um, we ended up writing letters back and forth for four years, all through our high school years. Because let's just clarify, this is pre-social media. This is pre-texting. Like you had to write letters and put a stamp on it and mail it, correct? Right. And the big thing is he had to write the first letter. So a guy had to write the first letter, right? Was that (laughs) planned or was that coincidence? Like very smart. I didn't have his address because he didn't know where he was moving to. Like he didn't have So I gave him mine and he wrote that first letter. And we just continued um, on and off. You know, it wasn't super consistent throughout the whole four years. I think we slacked when each of us had boyfriends and girlfriends. and um, But we always stayed connected. Um, but yeah, no, we didn't talk on the phone during those four years. We just wrote letters. That is so sweet. So how do you like reconnect? Like what happens? Um, so he writes a letter and said he was thinking about coming up. So at this point, he lives two and a half hours away or so. And I was just, oh, wow. I had just actually um, broken up with my boyfriend at that time and was just in a season of prayer. Like, I'm, I've graduated school, you know, I'm almost, I guess I'm nine, almost 19. And I'm thinking, you know, who, who is out there for me? And I get this letter that says he's going to, going to try to come up. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So, so you were excited to hear from him, not like, oh, this is bad timing. You were like, this was really good timing. This was really good timing. Yes. Um, and I had no way of finding out if he was coming. He didn't. I mean, other than my post office box address, he didn't know where I lived. So I'm thinking, how is he going to, how am I going to see him? How am I going to even know if he's here, if he comes for a visit? So I dig through letters that he has sent me because I've kept them all. Oh (laughs) my gosh, that's so sweet. (laughs) And I found a phone number. And so I call him. I remember it was a Sunday morning. And at that time, I wasn't going to church. And I call his house phone number, right? No cell phones. And he is getting ready to walk out the door to go to church. So he skips church and talks to me on the phone. And we kind of catch up. And You little temptest you. (laughs) And he talks about actually coming up for a visit. And so we talk about that. And he decides when he's coming. and, And he comes for a visit. And the rest is history. 
yeah, really. We dated for a year and and got married. So we started wow. dating November 12th and we got married on November 4th of the next year. And fun fact, November 12th is his birthday. I had no idea that he was coming to visit me on his birthday and was just floored that he would spend his birthday coming to, to visit me. That is so sweet. I love that you weren't even looking for a man of God, or as my, as my kids like to say, a mog, um, a man of God. Um, but God gave you one anyway. You're like He's like, I know what you need, and this is what I'm going to give you. Um, it's very rare. I, I think a lot of times we see the this the tables turned. It's the girl who's, um, you know, a little stronger in her faith and, you know, she's going to church and I need to, you know, it's very rare um, that you hear of someone say, um, or you hear a female say, I just wasn't in fellowship with God at the time. But this guy that called me, he was headed out to church. You know, he was solid in his, in his walk and his faith. That's a really sweet story. So you guys get married, you, um, do you, you're living long distance. So do you guys have to find a neutral place to live? So he ended up actually moving to where I lived, um, several months before we got married and we did find a, a home there close to where my parents lived. And that's where we resided for a whole two months. Oh, <laughs> Yes. Um, his, my husband, Rusty, his dad was starting a business and he had talked to, he'd come up one weekend and asked Rusty if he would move back and help him in this business. So we lived in our little house for about two months before we took off and moved. And moved. And moved. And so you joined the family business. You guys um, are starting your own family. Um, so you're all in. Um, you're relying on this family business, this partnership. Um, what happens from there? Like, how does that go? Is, is it is it all like great? Or were there, were there um, hard times? Because Family business is hard. And I mean, professionally, that's what I work with as family business members. And so I get a lot of times we think that, um, oh, they're in family business. They must all love each other. Everything must be perfect. They must, you know, they spend Christmas and Thanksgiving and every single day together. It's amazing that they're able to get along so wonderfully. So um, what does that look like? Take us take us through what having a family business, especially with your in-laws, looks like. Um, well, at first... There was the excitement of starting something new, mm -hmm. right? Um, we we moved in with his mom and dad. Oh, as newlyweds. Yes. Yes. Oh. Actually, <laughs> we weren't even married two months because we got married November 4th and we spent Christmas in his parents' house. So oh. it wasn't even two months. It was more like a month. <laughs> you guys like the hard stuff. <laughs> right? Um. But I, I loved his family. We all got along. Right. Um, you know, as far, I didn't know them well because there was, I hadn't seen them a handful of times before we got married because of the distance. Um, but we, I had some business accounting background. And so 
I tried to be an asset there where I could. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at the beginning, just, you know, a lot of things were figuring things out. You know, they had had a business before and so they knew a lot. And so I just come in to to help. But everybody's still trying to find their space, like where put the right person in the right seat to help this make this family business thrive. So how do how does the business progress? Do things go well for because this is what, 20 years worth? Yeah. Yeah. It's been 28 years now. Um, when we when we started out um it was really Rusty and his dad. They did all the work. They didn't have a lot of employees. They didn't have a lot of tools. It was just, you know, starting from scratch, starting from the very beginning. And um, we did live with them and I helped where I could. A lot of a lot of times I helped around the house because there wasn't a lot for me to do within the business at that point. Rusty's mom worked and so I was there. You know, I didn't have a job yet because we'd just moved there. And um, so I just helped where I could and, and did what I could. There were times that I even went out in the field. I'd run errands and do things like that for them. And then they grew and they grew, you know, pretty good with first starting out and had some good jobs and things progressed. And um, then things got, you know, a lot busier. We we hired people. We were able to buy equipment and um, grew a lot. We had bigger jobs and we even officed out of the house to begin with. And then we had a um, like a camping trailer, a small camping trailer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we used that for an office for a while and eventually got our own yard and and an office <laughs> somewhere else. Wow. We were moving up. Yeah. So you guys really grew. How did you keep harmony within the business and the family? Um, We really tried to keep business during work hours. Mm, and, it's good. you know, we, we didn't live with his parents for a long time until we just, we found a rent house and we just had to wait on it to get, get ready. And so we moved out probably in January of that first year. Um, which, you know, that's good. We needed our own space. We were newlyweds and all of that. And so we were excited uh, to do that. We did spend a lot of time with his family um, because I knew nobody else. And so we did do that. Um, We did go to church. And so we had a good relationship within the family and and that just carried over into the business. Um, We weren't together 24-7. And so that, that was helpful. We did have family dinners and and things like that. Um, Harmony within the business, you know, it it went well for a long time. Where do things go wrong? Because I know things go wrong. So where do, I shouldn't say wrong. Where do things get rocky? You know, you and I talked that at first you thought, I don't really have a story or my story isn't very exciting. And, um, but then the more we talked, your story with Jesus is very impactful for those that have a family business because even in the family, I mean, God designed the family for it to be God and then the family, right? Like we are a family. And then when you put business in there and you throw money in there and you throw stress in there, um, it, it all does need to revolve around. It needs to be Christ centered. And so, and I'm not saying it wasn't, I'm just saying things go wrong and 
what does that look like and how I want us to kind of talk about how, how we got there and how you got out of it. Okay. Well, anybody that has started a business, family or not, knows that there's always ups and downs. You always have rocky seasons and, you know, mixed in with the good. And rocky is um, a gentle word to say the least for what <laughs> some of what we went through. Um, <laughs> but I feel like, you know, things went really well and seemed to improve, even though there was ups and downs until we started. Well, Rusty's mom and I got divorced. And so that was a piece of it. And mm. um, that added a whole nother layer of, you know, the getting along and, and it was a struggle. It was, it was mm. a big struggle. And if anybody says divorce is not hard on adult children, um, I will disagree. Yeah. How long into the business did that happen? I should know the year of this, but I'm going to, I'm going to guess it was around 10 years. Oh, so y'all were, I mean, you were in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were. Um, and I won't, I won't go into the details of that, but. No need, no need. That was one thing, you know, we had to face things were still financially, they were still pretty good. We were doing all right. Um, and then 2008. So everybody knows, you know, that we saw a recession, the oil field kind of dropped out and we were doing some oil field work at that time. So it did affect us. Um, from that point on, I felt like it just kind of went downhill. <laughs> mm. Like, give me some examples. What happened without like exposing too many details? Yeah. Um, there were just a lot of, you know, what, once that recession hit, the money just wasn't coming in like it should have. Everybody was struggling and struggling to pay their bills. And so we, it was a domino effect, right? We, mm -hmm. we would get the repercussions of that and then we would struggle to pay things out. And, you know, it, it just became a vicious cycle for a while, you know, mm -hmm. and it did, you know, continue to go up and down from, from then on for a while. And then about, I don't know, two, I know 2014. <laughs> I can remember this year well. Mm -hmm. So that's a big gap. But it is. Um, you know, it, it was. There was a lot that happened within those years. Um, but that's the year that I had, I experienced anxiety for the mm. really first time in my life um, as far as a huge anxiety, panic attacks affected my health. Um, it was bad. I couldn't function days. I couldn't, it was bad. I spent lots of time in prayer, <laughs> but yeah. functioning was hard. Yeah. Did you know that that's what it was, that it was anxiety? Yeah, I think I did. There was a one particular day where I couldn't even fix my hair without crying. I just, mm. um, I didn't really know what was wrong, but I think I did know that it was results from what I was having to deal with. And things were just, the, the finances just weren't there. Um, we had, we'd moved into a new house. And so we were blessed with this beautiful home. We were so excited. And then we're struggling to pay for it. We're struggling mm -hmm. everywhere we turn. Um, I'm having to 
take phone calls that um, people wanting to get paid and we didn't have the money to pay them. Mm -hmm. And I was juggling, um, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul and then borrowing from somebody else to pay Peter. It was just, right. It was such a vicious cycle, but I had just, I had had enough. I, my physical body just could not take any more. And I went, um, I actually went to the doctor and they prescribed me anxiety medication and I really didn't want to take it, but I really didn't know what else to do. And so I, I did take it for a little while and um, not realizing the effect it was having on me. I wasn't even the same person. It didn't resolve anything. <laughs> I still had all of the same problems. I still needed to do the same things. And I didn't care that I wasn't doing them. Oh, mm. so you said in that time you were praying a lot. Where was God? Because it's, I'm praying, but things are still deteriorating physically, mentally, emotionally. Things are still deteriorating. So, God, I'm praying to you, but things are still going bad. What was your view of His answering or not answering your prayers? Mm. I knew He was always there, He never left. Now, that's not to say. I really didn't think he could hear me at times. <laughs> I knew he did. I knew he did. Um, but I didn't feel like I was getting, I felt like my prayers were hitting the ceiling, right? They weren't, mm. they weren't getting answered, even though I know they were. But um, even though we struggled, struggled to pay the bills and to, to do all the things, there would be just enough. He always mm. provided in his timing, <laughs> there were times when we would need a certain amount of money um, to cover supplies or to cover the insurance for that month or whatever it was. And it would just be, Lord, we don't know where this is coming from. We've done all we can do. It's in your hands. If if we don't get it, you know what's going to happen. And we would get a check. We'd go to the post office the next morning and there would be a check. Um, For just enough. Just enough. Yes. I love that. I love that phrase. Just enough. Just enough. And it wouldn't pay next week's bills, but it would take care of today. And there was many days where we were just taking care of today. We couldn't even look at tomorrow. Did you praise him in those moments? Oh, yes. Was it hard to sometimes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there was days I would think, okay, we need this amount of money and we would get half of it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> thanks for this. But now what? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But what else you got for me? <laughs> right. <laughs> Do I need to go back to the post office this afternoon? You have the sweetest love story with your husband. What's the, um, the temperature of your marriage and all of this? Up until this point, 2014, it's been good. It's been really good. We did something that if you have a family business, I think you have to do. And that is to protect your home life. Mm. So um, work time was work time. And home time, unless it was an urgent thing, we didn't talk about work. Because you have kids by now, correct? Oh, yes. Yep. We have have three girls. 
Um, they were born in 96, 98 and 2002. And so, you know, by 2014, they're well old enough to know what's going on. Right. Even though we protected them from as much as we could, um, they they knew. They knew there were struggles. They knew there was things going on. In fact, I would say our kids struggled um, because, you know, when you have a business, like you said earlier, people think, oh, they've got a business. They're doing great. Right. They've got all this money. And our kids suffered, I think, a lot with that in school. Like everybody thought they had lots of money because mm-hmm. dad had a business and would even say, daddy, buy that car. No, mm. daddy didn't buy that car. The, our girls bought their cars. They paid mm. their insurance. And there was many times that they helped buy groceries for home. Mm. I know that they didn't ask for things or to go do this or that because they knew it wasn't even an option. If they mm. didn't have the money to pay for it, they wouldn't ask, um, you know, for the the new sweatshirt the school was selling or whatever the thing was that week. But yeah, we, we did try to protect them. We protected our home. Um, and sometimes that meant taking a drive to have a conversation because we didn't want to have it in the yep. house. Yep. Um, sometimes that meant not talking about some things that probably should have been talked about. Because we had to keep our sanity. We had to keep our peace in our home. How did you support your husband in this? Like, how did you not have resentment towards him? Like, I could see some spouses. I'm not going to say wives because it could go either way. I could see some spouses saying, we came here for your family, for your business. Like, this is all your people. And it's not going the way it's supposed to be going. How did you not put blame on him? It wasn't his fault. Mm. There was no blame to be placed. Um, I committed for better or worse and told him I'd live in a cardboard box if that's what it came to. And and it almost did. It, <laughs> no, it, it didn't. It didn't. It might have looked like it, but it, it didn't. <laughs> because I haven't even got to the worst part yet. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Well, and I, and I asked that question just because I think we can get so caught up on pointing blame because we're so angry and we just need somebody to, to blame, you know, to get put, put that anger on. At the end of the day, though, we're a we, we're a unit. Like you said, for better or for worse, we're together in this. This wasn't his decision and he dragged me along. This was our decision, so we're walking this together. And so I just really wanted to just point that out. And, I, and your answer was perfect because um, in those stressful situations, it's easy to take our frustration and our stress out on the ones that we love the most because we think that they're not going to turn away from us because they do love us. But at the end of the day, it's not their fault either. So we haven't even hit the worst of it yet. Yeah. Hit me with it. <laughs> okay. So things rocked on. Um, 2015, I actually got a job, which is is a praise report. Like it's a praise thing. It's a good thing. But I want to touch on that because it was a huge blessing. Um, we were struggling, you know, as, as I said, my anxiety was crazy. I couldn't, I needed something and mm. I would just pray. I felt useless, right? I felt like I wasn't, um, that I could have a job and be bringing in some income 
Yeah, because you are fully reliant on this failing family business. Your entire home, your household is fully reliant on a family business that at this time is failing and has been for several years. It's been going downhill. I hate to use the word failing. Okay, um, that's fair. That's fair. Struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did have we did have two teenage girls working and they were helping provide things for the home. Um, but other than that, yes, we were reliant on this business. And I thought if I could have, if I had a job, at least we would have that income. Right. But I couldn't, um, <laughs> I couldn't quit the family business. That's like, just, I couldn't do that. And I, so I prayed, I said, Lord, if there is, if, if I'm supposed to get a job, you're going to have to put it in my lap because mm. I cannot go look for a job. I can't, I can't do that. It's like would crush. I felt like it would crush my husband. I felt like it would just be me giving up. Like you're quitting on him, yeah. not just this business. But at the same time, it's got to like, it's got to fit in with, you still have responsibilities with the family business and it's got to fit schedule wise and time wise. Oh wait. And we have three daughters that are in school that we have to be a part of their lives. Yes. Yes. And so he did absolutely put a job in my lap. I got a text from a family member that said, um, I know this person that's hiring and I won't go into all of that, but within, um, I was doing some heavy duty prayer and fasting when this came Mm. through Mm. and I got that text and I knew, I knew when I got the text, I was going to get that job. Oh, and I updated my resume and had it ready to send before I ever talked to Rusty about it. And it took, it was a week before I actually mentioned it to him. So I prayed over it for a week before I ever said anything to him about it because I, I didn't want him to think I was quitting on him. And, but I did, I got the job. It was a huge blessing. It provided the income that we needed. It was a constant that we had. And so it was a huge blessing. Um, which was great because in 2017, so that was 15 when I got the job, 2017, his dad's health had been decreasing, had had some issues and his dad passed away in Mm. 2017, Mm. which was a struggle for the family. Obviously it was a struggle for the business. And um, now the, you know, we were doing, most of the work, you know, because his dad's health had been declining, but now it's all on us. It's, Mm. it's our decisions, you know, it's our, um, either we're going to make it or we're not, you know, it's it's all on us now. God, of course, (laughs) is still in the mix. Uh, But, but now that the whole load is on, on mostly my husband's shoulders. And we really had to come to some conclusions that there was just a lot of debt. More than you knew of? No, we were aware of all of it. Um, there was just there was just some things that happened um, those last few months of his life that really decreased the finances. Was there ever a moment of relief that now this is Rusty's sole responsibility? And I know that sounds like a horrible question, but what I mean is... As stressful as it seems, as big of a responsibility as it is, I don't have to consult with someone else, especially my father, who I 
deeply respect the position that he holds as not only my business partner, but more importantly, as my father, I can make some decisions right now without feeling like I might upset him. So I, I think there might have been, but I don't think he even had time to think about that because of everything else going on. Right. I mean, you got this business, but then your dad just passed away. Like at the end of the day, this is your father. Put all the business aside, put all of whatever harmony or disharmony has happened over the last 20 years. Like this is my dad and he's gone. Yeah. 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 And I, and I will say there was immediately, he had to start dealing with the responsibilities that came with his death. And so he didn't even have time to grieve. Mm. He didn't, he didn't have the time he should have to be able to grieve that. And he had to start taking care of, you know, the arrangements and all the other things that came along with that. Um, there wasn't a will. So everything had to go into probate. Um, and it was just, it was so much, it was, there was so much that, you know, he had to deal with and the, the other family members, you know, were involved in that as well. Um, it wasn't solely on him, but a lot of it was, you know, the mm. business was and, and all of that. So he had to keep running the business. He had to keep working. He had to keep, you know, the employees working um, as well as taking care of all the final arrangements and everything that came along after that. Um so I don't know if he even had time to think that, you know, that there right. was any relief. Right. It just, it just became a fact. Now it's, mm. now I've got mm. to decide. Right. After that, after he passed away, after we get through a lot of the probate and um, we really couldn't do anything with the business until that process was, was through. There was a lot of debt. There was some, unpaid taxes. There was some things like that that had to be taken care of. And so um, we made the decision or he made the decision that we probably needed to sell everything and pay off all that we could. Um, Now I want to back up a second and say there was so much else going on during that season. And it seemed like bad things were happening every time we turned around. Mm. Um, so much so that we started making a list. It's like, how, how can all of this happen to one person? But we started making a list and, um, my husband had a notebook and he would write, it seemed like daily something else would happen and I won't go over all of it, but I'm going to give you a few pieces just so you can get an idea. There was, there was a wreck that had happened. And, um, so we had. Uh, they were trying to sue us because it had the company name on it and they were trying to, to sue us. And so we had got served papers on that. Um, we're a concrete business. I don't know if I ever said that. And um, there was one day they were having a big pour and went not supposed to rain and it rained half the day. Um, that's a bad thing when you're pouring concrete. <laughs> um, there, there was another wreck that happened. There was the equipment was breaking down trucks were breaking down, having maintenance issues. Um, We got, had another lien placed on the business for unpaid bills. There were 
tax liens because there were unpaid taxes. Um, we had threats of other liens. We had people telling our customers that we weren't paying our bills. And so that was another issue. Then we had, we had issues with the probate. We had things happening within that that just kept coming up. There was delays on getting products that we needed to do the work so we could get paid on that job. Mm-hmm. Um, there, was, <laughs> there was a fire on one of the jobs. Um, there was just, there was a lot. There was so much else going on while all this other was happening. And this is in a span of how long? You know, I wish I had dates on all of this and I, I don't. Um, but from, from 2017 to the end of 2018 mm. was probably the worst. Mm-hmm. What kept you, if it did, or maybe you did do this, just throwing your hands up and saying, God, I give up. I'm just running away. I'm checking out. Like you're not even here. Like how in the world are you actually letting all of this happen to us? Where's your favor in all this? We're, we're committed to you. We're surrendered to you. We live our life for you. Like I'm praying. Um, I'm in your word. I'm doing all the things that a good Christian is supposed to be doing. And yet, oh my goodness, I don't want to be Job anymore. Like, how am I supposed to be praising you in all this? Because really, seriously, this is a lot. Yeah, (sighs) it was a lot. And there were days that I wondered just that, where are you? Mm. Why is all this happening? what's next? Yeah. Right. You're always waiting for the next shoe to drop. Like what's, Mm -hmm. what's going to be next. And there were days that I wanted to just quit. And I wanted my husband to quit. I wanted him to give up. Um, I seen what it was doing to him. So he was having, you know, depression. He was having anxiety. He was having health issues. Um, It was, it was destroying him having to deal with just all of the pressure and all of the stress. And those days I didn't know what else to say. Didn't know what to say to him. Didn't know what to say to make it better. All of the times before one of us could always encourage the other, right? Mm -hmm. One of us was always a little more up than the other one. And we could encourage. And in that season, it was like, I don't know what else to say. I am right there with you. I feel like we're both on the bottom and neither one of us can lift the other up. Mm. I know we had people praying for us and that's Mm. the only way we made it through, Mm. but he, he had to make the hard decision that we're just going to sell everything. We're going to pay it off and I'll get a job. Mm. Just close this chapter, go, go work for somebody else. We'll just rely on someone else to pay our bills technically. Yeah. Yeah. Was that heartbreaking for him? Um, yeah, it was hard. Um, and he never was, never had peace about it. In fact, it didn't happen. Okay. So we, we auctioned everything off to pay off the debt. Um, it didn't pay off the debt. And a lot of this that I'm telling you today, nobody, not a lot of people know. Well, they will Um, now. Yeah. (laughs) So, so we have, we have this, um, dissolved the corporation. We have done all the legal things that we needed to do. We've paid off what debt we could, and there's still debt that we are now responsible for to take care of. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
we still had a few jobs that were lingering. And so had to finish those up because regardless of what's going on, you still got to take care of your customers and it doesn't matter. Good for you. And so we did that and, and we're now we're into 2019 and there's a day, um, that Rusty comes home and he says, I just, I can't quit. Mm. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. I believe God's in it and I have to at least try. Mm. And I will admit, I reluctantly, though I'm in it with all my heart, (laughs) said, if that's what you decide, I will be behind you 100%. But your head is going, oh my gosh, we may be repeating history. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want him to struggle anymore. Mm. I can't imagine how hard it is or was to be supportive and step out in faith, yet knowing what you had just walked through and what's going to be different. Like, did you guys, did you guys talk about, okay, if we're going to do this, how are we going to do it differently? So it is successful. We did. We did. Um, We made um, some financial plans. We had goals. I didn't mention, but you know, I, when I got that job, I wasn't doing all of the work, all of the business, you know, the office work anymore. We hired some of that out part-time for a while until I did it again. (laughs) So it didn't last long. So I was doing both jobs, which was totally fine. I could do that. Um, And so now we, we made a plan and we would look, there was things that we did daily and there were things that we did weekly just to keep our eye on everything mm. and nothing got out of hand. You had a plan, you had daily, weekly check-ins, you had goals, you just you knew to restructure things to set yourselves up for success, to do things differently. Yes. Okay, so that's 2019. So you shut down the business, you sell everything out, you pay as much debt as you can, you create a whole new business name. Like how do you rebuild your reputation? Hmm. So we changed the name enough to make it different, but it was still, so we were Drake's construction and oil field service company before. And, um, then our new name was Drake construction LLC. So we still had the Drake. Everybody knew who we were. Um, yeah, we didn't have the best reputation financially at that point, And that took time. There were some people that said, you know, we don't want to do business with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And okay, that's fine. And we had some that were great and said, okay, we'll give you another chance and your credit limit's going to be this much. (laughs) Perfect. And yeah. And then we would, you know, we eventually proved ourselves and that credit limit got raised and um, people realized that things were different now and that we were taking care of business. And it, it took a little bit of time, but I mean, we're in 2023 now. I mean, it's not that far away, even though it felt like a lifetime going through it. Looking back, it's it's crazy. Um, but now we have a great reputation. We have the people that we need to do business with. We are able to do business with. Those that chose not to do business with us, that's their loss now because, um yeah, we're doing we're doing good now. We're doing really good now. That's great. Even though your financial reputation 
was stained. I'm going to guess that the integrity and the example of good craftsmanship is what went before you guys. So God was able to say, listen, I know these people, like, like that, that wasn't all their mess, but it was their mess. I mean, ultimately, you're responsible for it. But they're also, you're humans at the end of the day. And when you walk in integrity and when you walk in faith, um, people see that. Do you think that played a huge role in those coming back and trusting you the second time? Absolutely. Um, my husband is all about, you know, making a, producing a good product, standing behind his work, um, being honest. You know, therefore, people can trust what he's doing and what he says he's going to do. And, you know, there's there's this saying what goes around comes around. And um, we could turn that biblically as well. But he, he would go the extra mile for people. Mm. And he still does. I mean, we're already here and you need this other thing done. OK, we'll take care of that for you. And he just built a good re- um, good relationship with not just customers, but other companies as well. And so, you know, now he partners with some other companies and they do work together and, um, which is, it's just amazing. It's great. And so he has really built his reputation, not the business, but his reputation. How do you keep God at the center of your business? Mm, Well, that means keeping God the center of our lives. Mm, Good answer. So prayer, (laughs) you know, um, when all this was going on, we were going to church. I mean, we had a faithful support system there that prayed for us more than I probably know. Um, we talked about the good things, right? Um, I can. I had to flip the page on my husband's notebook so I can tell you the good things. Oh, yes, um, <laughs> yes. Because, okay, let, yeah, let's backtrack just for a second. You had this page where you guys were listing all the bad things, which sounds so morbid. Like, let me just write all the bad things. It's almost like it seems like you were focusing. Some would say, why would you write that down? Because you're focusing on all that. But you didn't know he was flipping the page and also writing the good things. We did know God was going to pull us through mm. somehow, some way. And we wanted to remember where we were and where God was taking us. Mm. We just, we had faith that we were going to make it right. You know, and we, we just knew somehow things would work out. So it was important to talk about the good things. And I'm not going to read all of these, but, you know, God was good. He never left us. Um, we did get money in that we weren't expecting at times. Um, we had some family members who were sick and they were doing better. Um, there were so many times God would speak to us through sermons that we'd listen to. We were going to church, but we were listening to sermons online, right? We were pouring in as much as we could get because we needed it. Mm-hmm. And songs. Oh, my gosh. The songs um, that would just come on at the right time. And um, then we had friends offer help and different things like that. But the song that the song <laughs> that was God Only Knows. Mm. Nobody else. There were people who knew parts of right. our story and what we went through, right? But only God knew and knows still to this day, everything. The whole story. The whole story. Even with each of us, even though I know everything he went through and he knows what I was going through, we don't know all of our thoughts, mm-hmm. all the things that, you know, 
there was those really dark days where we were thinking, I just as soon not go home. Mm. And um, he knows all of that. He knows everything. And only God knows. Mm, that's good. How do you encourage someone in a family business, whether it's a family business or their own business and necessarily not necessarily their families involved, which I think it would be, but how do you encourage someone who is in a failing business to be that reliant on their faith? I just don't see any other way <laughs> to make it work. Um, but how to encourage them. Um, you know, I think of, I think of specific things like having, having scriptures um, there were some certain scriptures that I had in the office there were some that I would post on my computer, um, you know, really involving God's word in what you do. Um, prayer, obviously, praying together, keeping mm. keeping that top of mind, um, you know, and praying over your business. I don't know how many times I'd pull the checkbook out and pray over the checkbook. Mm. Um, just being specific. Um, but then the family members, you know, talking together and um, sharing the struggles, like don't let it all fall on one person's shoulders. Talk about it. Know what's going on with each other, lifting each other up in prayer, um, helping, you know, if you see, we all have our strengths and weaknesses, right? Mm -hmm. If, mm -hmm. if you are strong and, and your other family members weak in an area, how can you help them with that mm. instead of just, it's not going to get done because they're not doing it. You know, mm. there's, there's so many ways that we can encourage each other and, and help each other. And, and all of that is God centered. Right. I love that you were allowing God to penetrate you personally, your marriage, your business in every way that he could. Meaning you weren't just like, Oh, I prayed today. It was, I'm not just reading my Bible. I'm putting scripture on sticky notes and putting it everywhere. The bathroom mirror, you know, everywhere. We're playing worship music and it may be playing for eight hours, but it may be that one song that I needed that one time to hit me, to remind me, don't give up yet. It may be asking someone in my tribe, hey, could you pray specifically for this? I can't tell you the whole story, but if you could just like carry me through this, intercede on my behalf on this because I got nothing right now. And so I think we always think that it's just like God is only, can only do one thing for us or we can only, he can only come at us at one way, but he can come at, at us at 360 degrees. Like it's everywhere if we allow it and you allowed him to just penetrate every aspect of your life. And that is just absolutely beautiful. And it's so cool to see how he is blessing that obedience because this wasn't just like a one or two year stint. I mean, really, when you look back, this is a decade or so of just, oh my goodness, are we seriously still doing this? And yet here you are going, hey, God's been good. We made it. Yeah. Most marriages would not have been able to sustain the things we went through. And I, I mean, I, we touched on a lot, but I didn't tell you everything. Um, you know, I didn't tell you about my health problems and my dad dying mm. and, oh, wow. um, you know, grandparents deaths and all the other stuff that we were going through, you know, as well. And a lot of that was after the new business really began. So even though we were being blessed tremendously in that, there was still other stuff. And there's always stuff, right? There's always stuff. Life. <laughs> there's always stuff. Um, 
but I mean, we even had rumors going around that we had gotten divorced. Wow. Yeah. That was funny when we heard that one. We're like, really? <laughs> no, we're just working and barely see each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you and I jumped on a call the other day, we weren't sure where this was going to go because your response was, I really don't have like a interesting story. You were downplaying it. And then the more we talked, I was like, family business is huge. Like that's a really big deal. Like your struggles in family business and how you kept God at the center of it. And not only have you guys revived this family business successfully, you, your marriage survived it. And like you said, most marriages would not have survived this, let alone, I'm assuming your three daughters still like y'all. Um, so you're still liked by your daughters. Like there's harmony. I say all that to remind you to no longer downplay your story of Jesus. How would you now encourage someone to not downplay their story of how they met a man? Well, let me first just say that I wasn't always faithful and I wasn't always praising God. Let me just throw well, that out. Well, we're not there. always. We're not always. <laughs> Right. Well, it sounds, we are human. it sounds like, oh, we've always had God in the center. Well, yeah, but sometimes I was yelling at it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And and I just want people to know that um, even though we tried really hard on the outside to look like we were doing okay, um, there was times that we questioned too, right? We mm -hmm. questioned God. Why is this happening to us? And why so much? I mean, come on. This is a lot. Right. And, um, you know, so I just want to encourage anybody listening that it's okay if you mm. don't, you know, if you're going through stuff and God can take it, right. He can, mm -hmm. he can handle you yelling at him and he can hear what you have to say. He knows how you feel anyway. You might as well say it. Right. Um, because it, it's really, it's really healthy, um, to be able to get that out. And then to encourage those who downplay their <laughs> their story, because I really was, I was listening to all of your other podcasts and thinking, oh, I don't have this huge thing, you know, that a huge, <laughs> it sounds silly now. <laughs> right? Once you're like, well, maybe there was something there. <laughs> Even though my story isn't like their story, mm -hmm. I still have a story. Mm-hmm. And we, this is the scripture that um, came to mind and it's Revelation 12, 11. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm. So regardless of how small we think our testimony is, it could be huge to somebody going through what you've been through. And mm. that's, I mean, that goes for anything. You know, I remember even when my girls were teenagers and went through teenage years. Right. And oh, gosh. I had a mom on the call and I'm like, her teenagers were a few years older than mine. I'm like, okay, help me. What do I, what do I do here? <laughs> I've never yep. had teenagers before. And, and, and just, she might not have thought that those few words mm. were a testimony to me, but they were. Mm-hmm. They were. And so regardless of how big of a thing you think you've been through, I think God uses everything we've been through to help somebody else. Always. 
Always, always, always. He uses everything for his good. Absolutely. So what are you doing these days? Like, so you have this family business. Are you still just like working there or what else do you got going on? And I, and I kind of know the answer to this. So tell us what you got going on, Jacqueline. So I, I have continued to work in the family business. Um, I did resign from that blessing of a job that I got. Um, <laughs> I resigned from that in November of last year. Um, so right at right out a year um, almost ago. Um, and I did that so that I could pursue my coaching career. Um, so in 2019, I had the opportunity to take some training and become a coach. And so I did that. I used that in, in the job that I was working in and I loved it. Um, I loved being able to help people move forward, make goals, you know, set the, Um, task up to do those things and move forward. And so I, through um, God blessing us and just confirming that I was on the right track, I I resigned from that position last year to be able to do that. I say full-time, but I'm still, I have two part-time jobs. So that equals a full-time job. (laughs) It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. So I do this family business still, um, take care of that. And then I do the coaching and I have to set really good boundaries to be able to do all of that, but I'm working on right. that. <laughs> what type of coaching is it? Hmm. So it really started out with um, leadership and ministry coaching. So I was using it in my job. I worked with a lot of churches and leaders of churches, and we would talk about ministry stuff. Um, not always, but a lot of it was. And it's evolved a little bit. Um, I have clients who are business um, business owners um, who are leaders in business. I do still have ministry. That's still a focus of mine. Um, it looks different for everyone, but, but the commonality is that moving forward in what God has called you to do. Mm. And God calls us into business. I 100% believe that. And we can have a business and be in ministry. We don't have to do one or the other. We can do both. Mm. And that's been that's been a lesson learned this week. So we'll just throw that out there too. <laughs> the lesson I'm working on learning. <laughs> yeah. So I still work with churches. I have a podcast that's called... Um, preparing the church for the harvest. My website is Effective Ministry Solutions, um, and then I do I do coaching with anybody. I I vowed to coach whoever God put in front of me, um, that aligned with how I believe, and so um, that's what I'm doing. It is so rare to find someone who coaches within the boundaries of scripture. Coaches are a dime a dozen these days. I mean, that's what I do professionally. I mean, you use the coat. The word coach is just like, it's not even a big thing anymore. You know, sometimes it's advisor, consultant, you know, we all mix it up. And, but I think it's just because we all have something we want to share. We want to help other people because there, we need mentors, but we also need to mentor people. And if we can do that um, and help support our family uh, at the same time, I mean, and that's, that's such a great thing people struggle with. Well, if this is your ministry, why are you getting paid for your ministry? And, you know, God didn't say work for free. Like, I mean, there's, you still have to take care of your family. Like you said, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Um, But I think um, finding a coach, 
a mentor, a paid friend, whatever you want to call it, um, that does that faith-based, scripturally, guided by the Holy Spirit, is huge. Huge. Because I have seen so many people get led astray chasing their what makes them feel good because their coach encouraged them to do that and it wasn't what God needed them to do or wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. And so I am so excited um, to have you in my life and I'm looking forward to more, but I'm excited to share your gifts with people that I know that need your services. Um, and again, this particular podcast was not about promoting your business and we didn't know where this was going to go. But at the same time, I hope someone that's listening who says, man, I need a coach. I'm going to encourage them to contact you because you're doing it in a God-centered way. And you've walked through some ugly messes. You have walked in your marriage, in your business, um, in your ministry. You have walked through some really ugly stuff. And that just, that gives you an ability to share and help give wise counsel to people that are currently or will be walking through some real ugly stuff. And to do it in a God-centered way, I mean, it's the only way to do it, right? Absolutely. I wouldn't do it any other way. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm so glad that our mutual friend connected us. How can we be praying for you? Wow. Um, Wasn't expecting that one. You know, um, (laughs) I'm really praying that for my business, now that I am doing this, um, I feel like God will send me the right people. um, But I'm, I'm wondering if I need to pivot at all. And so I'm really seeking guidance in who, who my people are moving forward and how to best help them and what specifically I need to be offering. Mm. And so I have a couple of offers coming up that I really feel like God has led me into. Um, and I'll be, I'll be sharing those on my website and with my email list and more about that in the coming days. You got it. You got it. We'll definitely be praying that. Jacqueline, thank you so much for telling us all about a man that changed your life and how he has walked alongside you in all the ugly and all the good. And we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure to be on the show with you. My dear friend, I want you to know that this man, Jesus, my guest spoke of, is relentlessly pursuing you at this very moment and longs to love you unconditionally, no matter your story. There's no fancy prayer or special words, just believe, trust, and surrender. We've listed several free resources in the show notes to help you begin your relationship with Jesus and to walk in his truth and love today and for eternity. And to my brothers and sisters, if you already have a relationship with Jesus, then I encourage you to continue to pray for our guests and all who listen to this podcast and to go tell others about a man that changed your life forever.